Welcome to Rocking Our Prayers. I'm your host, Dr. Alice Evans. Now here's a question. How can rich countries promote gender equality in development cooperation? So, you know, rather than me talking about Aztecs and Assyrians, perhaps I should try to be useful. Okay. So the UK government will publish a white paper on international development by the end of 2023. It will set out their approach to international development to 2030. Now, how can they best support gender equality? I have seven evidence-based suggestions relating to jobs, climate, lead poisoning, culture, and migration. First and foremost, tackle labour displacing automation. Now, East Asia industrialised at a time when, with low enough wages, you could use relatively labour-intensive methods and still be competitive in global markets. This established broad-based job-creating and high female employment. Taiwan was once extremely patriarchal, but now has a twice-elected female prime minister presiding over a cabinet that is 44% female. The East Asian pathway to development and gender equality is now closing. Since 2006, routine jobs have shrunk globally. Jobs in manufacturing and services are threatened by labour displacing automation. If demand falls, job queues will grow and women will be at the back. Male unemployment could also trigger hostile sexism, and you'll recall my previous podcast on that. But alternatively, automation could be engineered to improve worker marginal productivity and increase labour demand. That is paramount for both development and gender equality. So that's my first point. Second is to mitigate climate breakdown. When crops fail, girls are forced into early marriages. Desertification in Africa is causing bloodshed. Harsh climate stall development, which is a major engine of gender equality. Existential threats also tend to exacerbate social policing. My third point is to end lead poisoning. Babies exposed to lead are more likely to academically underperform, get suspended and become violent criminals. In low and middle income countries, children's blood levels are often very high, very high. Um, And in some parts of Pakistan and India, they're extraordinarily high. Same too in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Reducing lead poisoning could help promote peace. And also learning. Uh, You'll recall my previous podcast on toxic masculinity. There's also a new campaign on this by uh, the Centre for Global Development. Okay, fourth, to protect space for civil society. Strong independent women's movements are a major driver of gender equality worldwide. But they're threatened by authoritarian repression. In Egypt, for example, activists are tightly constrained. Now, autocrats may try to provide a veneer of equality by promoting women leaders, but what really matters is space for civil society. Okay, my next point is to show that people's neighbours do support gender equality. In patriarchal countries, people massively underestimate men's support for female employment and affirmative action. In Mexico and India, the gap is huge. Pluralistic ignorance reinforces what I call the patrilineal trap. 
Families incorrectly fear that they will lose honour if they permit their wives and daughters to work. Social media campaigns could help show that working women are actually greatly respected. My penultimate point, to to publicise zero tolerance for abuse, to shift expectations about how others will react to male harassment and violence, to provide credible messaging that government and community will hold men accountable. The Saudi government recently named and shamed a man for sexual harassment. Singapore's message is equally clear. There are posters saying, if you molest, we will arrest. I rather like the rhyme. In India, by contrast, newspapers and television abound with horrific tales of women being assaulted and killers being, and I quote, out on the loose. That media reporting instills fear and suppresses female employment, um, as shown by a new paper in Economic Development and Cultural Change. So raising awareness can actually backfire. Perpetrators will be much less likely to assault if they anticipate accountability. Final point, migration. To welcome migrants, students and workers. Now, that may be beyond the scope of a UK government white paper on development cooperation, but it's amply supported by evidence. So, let me summarise. Those are my evidence-based suggestions for how to tackle gender equality, uh, to promote gender equality, sorry, through development cooperation by tackling climate, jobs, lead poisoning, culture and migration. Um, as I say, the, the UK government is uh, refining their white paper by the end of the year, so now is a good time to talk about it. Okay, wishing you all the best. Take care.